good evening. My name is Josh. I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We're the folks who got be fine. The method to the madness. Reason and the unreasonable. Make sense out of nonsense because this is okay. Hear me out. Special episode 33. Aaron and Bob, how, how are you all doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing amazing. Very good. I hear we actually have uh, a new voicemail line. Uh, yes, I have a very special announcement, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't fixed my uh, go on, go on. I haven't fixed my shitty audio yet, so I still sound like I'm recording inside of an aluminum can. But more importantly, I have procured the new voicemail number of one eight thirty three six 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 nine eleven. That's one eight three three six 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 zero nine eleven. Wait, what? What's so special about that number? <laughs> <laughs> How did no one take this? There's like a thousand <laughs> shitty conspiracy shows. How did how am I the first one that came up with that number? It's the most obvious number to pick, right? Truly, we are the shittiest of all conspiracy <laughs> shows. No, we're just the funniest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. keep, keep telling yourself that, Bobby. And, boy. and so, for that, we'll be prosecuted. <laughs> for our special, special episode 33, I had one question for you guys, and I want to know where you guys landed on this. Did the Holocaust happen? Yes or no? Is this a trap? (laughs) (laughs) Only if we were monetized. Okay. Um, Make make sure no one's one's listening. Okay, let me... Yes. Uh, Yeah. Whisper it in in case uh, anyone's listening. You don't have to whisper the yes answer. The no answer is the one you gotta whisper. (laughs) So, you think... You both think it happened? Yes, both? Yeah, I think I, I so. I believe there was yeah. a, a genocide of the Jewish people uh, between like Poland and Germany, sure, in the, like the 1939 to 1945 era. Yeah, good, because I'm gonna convince you otherwise. Because this is <laughs> nonsense. The, let's just say here. Here's my first first case. I'm gonna make the fact that you have to whisper no, and the fact that if we were monetized, we'd be kicked off it immediately because of how true it is. Should be your first sign that maybe something's up with the numbers. Somebody's cooking the books, and maybe you're making some money off it in the background. What do you mean by cooking the numbers here? <laughs> yeah. I have six million of them here. Uh, inflating okay. my work, too. See, I thought the official number was around like 5.8, 5.9 million. Nothing like that. It's officially yeah, six. Yeah. Is that, are those the official I, numbers? I scholars saying uh, 5.5 to 5.8. So, like, you know. So, first, oh. first thing, first point I want to make is when something is absolutely true and totally happened in history, not being allowed to question it is the re- is the way you can tell for sure that it's definitely true. Because when things are true, you aren't allowed to ask any questions because if you do, people will uh, impale you. Like, don't you find that a little fishy that it's so touchy you're not even allowed to, like, go, you know, like, hey, guys, was it 6 or was it, like, 5.9? The fact You say 5.9 as a joke, but that will literally get you fired if you said that, like, on mainstream media. If you were, like... The Holocaust, where 5.99 million Jews died, they'd be like, what's this guy trying to say? we got to fire him. He's an anti-Semitic. I mean, yeah, it's a very touchy subject uh, walking in, into that to, to bring into question exactly how many people were systematically, what was it, how many different ways did they, did they use gas chambers? Oh, guess um, it turned them into lampshades. There was a whole Buffalo Bill situation going on, and... They're, they're human skin lampshades. You're making soap. 
so obviously got to make soap out of them. I mean, when you find a race of people so vile and disgusting that you need to exterminate off the planet, the best thing you can do is then clean yourself with it. Cause that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You got to clean off the dirty feeling of genociding people, right? Yeah. <laughs> it only makes sense. Um, so, so do you have an answer to why it's such a touchy subject? Because, uh, you know, th- throughout history, there have been various genocides, um, in which more people have been killed than during the Holocaust. Is uh, wh- why does this one stand out in in your opinion? Um, marketing. This one stands out because of marketing. Because all the other well, genocides, you're allowed to question the numbers. You're allowed to ask questions about. It. You can do. You can say anything you want about any other genocide. You can deny other genocide. You can deny the Armenian genocide. No problem. Yeah, I was going to say doesn't Israel, doesn't Israel deny the Armenian genocide? Yes. Or it's not like their the entire <laughs> the entire country of Israel and also uh, what was the the Young Turks news group also denies oh, <laughs> the yeah. Armenian genocide like that's they, they a very still get main, plenty of you know yeah. mainstream media funding <laughs> exactly they shill for the uh, the democratic estate very regularly so I mean it's are, so, are you suggesting that Democrats are racist against Armenians and just Armenians uh, they're white um, enough that it's not nah, they don't care. The, yeah, I think they're just them. apathetic. I think they're just apathetic about the whole thing. <laughs> it's not as a good story. It's not as good. Uh, the marketing's not there for that one as it is the Jewish Holocaust. So yeah, right? you can you can question any other Holocaust, any other genocide. You can question it. Doesn't you're totally fine too. This one not allowed to. And it's because, but but good thing you're not questioning it, right? Yeah, no. You're, you're just saying as a hypothetical, if you were to question it. Oh no, I ran out of questions. <laughs> I just have answers now. So, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Go on. Go on. So as I like to do in the beginning, Hitler. Uh, uh, yes. Hitler. Dot dot dot. <laughs> um, <laughs> so great thesis paper. Just so you, I want to put this out there right off the bat. I don't like the backpedaling stances or anything, but Hitler wasn't the good guy. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, Hitler is great. Like, Hitler didn't do anything wrong. He was terrible, but not for the reasons that we think he's terrible in history. Um, not for the Holocaust reasons, for lots of other reasons. He got a lot of people killed, for real, and he sucked. But, um, so we start off with Hitler. He takes over Germany uh, throughout the 30s. Leads into World War II. He starts World War II. First thing he does, though, is kicks all the fucking people, all the Jews out of their businesses. Because he's really pissed off because he thinks that the banks, namely, are uh, colluding against the people in his nation. Um, Sound familiar? Does this, you know, bankers just colluding against nations because they're a bunch of cosmopolitan elites without borders? You know what kind of people I'm talking about? (laughs) globalists yeah Rothschilds you know JP Morgan those types I've never never heard of them yeah sorry they're the good guys I forgot Uh, officially (laughs) they're the good guys Um, so yeah he basically he wants a fully strong nation of just he wants to kick everybody out it's just for Germans he wants to he's basically doing a Wakanda thing but for German people Oh, I can and, get behind that kind of yeah. yeah that scenario. If you it, put it, it like that, if so, so they they love the science there too, right? Just yeah. to, to make sure. That's, well, that's the, the Nazi probably scientists the most part of they were this close to vibranium. Nazi scientists oh. are world-renowned scientists. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they dug a little deeper in Antarctica. They might have found the vibranium. God, I, I forgot that <laughs> Disney terms is the best way to tell everybody history. So Hitler is trying to do a Wakanda thing, but for Germans. 
Um, so he starts kicking all the Jews out. Uh, not great. At, like, he does like an internment camp thing, kind of like uh, we did with Japan. Um, here's where he fucks up. So now all the banks uh, that are in the other European countries start, like, they're doing trade embargoes and they're just trying to fuck Germany over. They can't trade outside their borders and stuff, which is fine. If you're actually a nationalist, you want to be a self-sufficient nation, and he should have been encouraging Germany to be building from within, and they don't need that international trade. They don't. They do not need it uh, in order to survive. Instead, he decides, well, fuck them. I'm going to go take over all of Europe, and then they can't cut us out of trade because we are Europe then. That was Wait, a big is, mistake. Is this a thesis on the, the right way to do an ethnostate? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, he goes to war with the whole world and uh, loses and just gets a shit ton of Germans killed. That's why he's, he's horrible. Um, but he never asked for the extermination of the Jews. He just he wanted to round them up, take away all their businesses, and ship them out. Not, also not great, but it's just a little, little less horrif- horrifying than I just wanted to kill them because I hate them so much for no reason and I needed new lampshades. That's like not an acceptable answer. And there was no, never a documented kill order. He never documented saying it, never documented writing it. And what they did was they said, no, it's the will of the Fuhrer. So they were just carrying out what they, they knew what he was, he was dog was. And he was trying to be like, yeah, come on guys. It's like, kill him. I'm not, I'm never going to say it, but just do it. So, so this low key sounds like an organized crime sort of thing where the, the boss is going, there's not going to be any, you know, document, documentation leading to the boss, uh, you know, selling these drugs, killing these people. Um, it, it's all going to kind of be, uh, you know, yeah, that's what he was worried about. He had the best the tanks yeah, in the yeah. whole fucking world, but he was worried about the, you know, them indicting him later. He's worried about the, uh, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The guy that supposedly shot himself in the head in a bunker at the end. Yeah. He was real worried about the cops figuring out later that he was a bad guy. Um, Wait, are you asking questions about that part of the story too? This isn't something I've, that one. this isn't something that's very clear, by the way, what, what you brought up, like the, the chain of command of having the, the, the orders given via Hitler directly. Like there's no evidence of that, right? To be like, okay, let's make this camp and let's make it like this total, just a death camp. We're going to filter all these Jews in there and we're just going to kill them and get rid of the bodies. And we're going to do this. Like, there is no like official paperwork or evidence suggesting that he did that. And he sat down with like, you know, uh, developers and engineers and stuff like that to get it None. done in such a fashion. But nope. I mean, would, would anyone else have had authority to do that? Like some other, you know, politicians or generals or whatever. No, but I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they, like, that who, doesn't who exist either. They don't have a kill order from anybody. There's no like kill a hundred thousand Jews and throw them in a ditch. Okay, so there's no. What, what about just like work, generic work yeah, camp? Create these internment camp, work camps, uh, th- that sort of. That's thing. what it's they like did. Killing them is kind of implicit, implicit in the system that, of having a work camp internment it's camp. It's not. It's not. Just like we had internment camps, we didn't just start butchering Japanese people and throwing them in ditches. We had we had the same camps. That you know what the difference between the two camps is? A bunch of people died in the one side because they were fighting a losing two front war. So they were losing a two-front war, and guess who's the first people to stop getting their food shipment is? The fucking workers in the, in the internment camps. It just is the reality of losing a two-front war. Um, it, it that's where. So so if Germany if Germany had won the war, the Jews would be doing great right now. Sorry, God, that was a dumb joke. 
God damn. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Because they're really good at in-group referencing. Which isn't a bad thing. I, there's a lot of things about the way the Jews do business and stuff that's really smart. Um, I mean, so it makes sense from a... Good. It makes sense from a logistical standpoint. You're you're fighting a war. You're losing. You're down on resources. What what are you supposed to do? With they couldn't these, feed their own uh, soldiers. They're not feeding the yeah. people in the work camps. They it, and so what are you supposed to do with like, these prisoners? Let them be. Don't give them any food. Don't give them any resources. And that was like the product of that. Essentially, yeah. is what you're saying. And yeah. these camps are rationing it. And now the you know once the people running the camps are like, oh fuck, we're running out of food. They're keeping it for themselves. And not trying to feed 100,000 people hanging out in Auschwitz. Like, that's a lot of food you got to truck in. Which they were doing for the better part of six years. So, um, well, at one point I want to make before we go off on to Auschwitz, because I'm going to bring that up, obviously, too. But, they, so that when they talk about the will of the Fuhrer, they've decided his intent without him ever saying it. It weirdly reminds me of... I don't know. We had this orange dictator uh, that he basically they they said his intent was that they was going to overthrow the government, even though he what he actually said was be peaceful and go home. But what he was trying to say, if you read between the lines, is that he was saying overthrow the government, hang Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi and overthrow (laughs) everybody like you see how that gets all fucking jumbled up. And even if it's written in a newspaper, it might not be real. And that one happened in real time, too. The, that, yeah. that propaganda happened in real time. <laughs> yeah. And people still believed it. Exactly. Well, I, I think I think my narrative of uh, Trump being some sort of a crime boss figure um, and I- implicit in his organization, implicit in the, uh, uh, I don't know, white supremacist overtones of what he says is everything you just mentioned right there. Right? Right. A lot of logical steps I'm making. Yeah, it's just, and he, Trump honestly is kind of like a mobster. He just is not, uh, he didn't say to overthrow the government. He just doesn't pay, like, construction people when they build his buildings. Like, that's his level of, like, mafia-type tactics. Um, I'm, he, I don't, you know me, I don't think he's, like, the greatest guy in the world. I think he's funny, but he wasn't, like, a dictator like Hitler, and all the narratives read to the opposite of what he actually did. So you can at least see yeah. how that might get fucking muddled, especially when the people who were slighted get to write all the history on it. Like, <laughs> so now let's move to Auschwitz real quick. Um, there was a, do you know what the sign used to say in Auschwitz? What it used to say or does say? Used to. Before 1990. Oh, okay, because that... Okay, so I saw the one a few years ago. Is this going to be like one of those national park signs that says, like, you won't be able to visit this glacier anymore because of global warming? It's and it's exactly like, and then they removed like it. And then they removed it because, like, it didn't go anywhere. And they're like, oh, fuck. Like, so I actually posted them in the show clips for you guys. But here's the first one Four million people suffered and died here at the hands of the Nazi murderers between the years 1940 and 1945. Um, Did I just say Maholocaust? Oh, no, that's a joke. <laughs> Josh, let's get serious here. <laughs> Sorry, I hadn't scored up enough in the chat yet. Oh wait, so th- this plaque—it's not—it's not like the work makes free plaque. It's or like uh, the thing on the gate. It's—it's it's an actual plaque. Yes. Okay. All right. Now I would. Oh wait, it says four million. Oh yeah. I thought we agreed it was. It wasn't. Well, no, that's just a, this that. one camp. This was the super camp because you have to have oh, when you're okay, marketing, you have to have at least one super camp that you have brand recognition for, so you know it was super duper bad. Um, so you go. Uh, with, do, do you want me to bring in the 
the stat on that. Well, now, actually, go ahead and read the next sign that I posted right above that. This is the current sign. Uh, open original. It's too small. It's too small. Uh, yeah, it's... I can read it in the small one. Forever let this place be a cry of despair and a warning to humanity where the Nazis murdered about one and a half million men, women, and children, mainly Jews, from various countries of Europe. Auschwitz, 1940-1945. You said this was put up around 1990-ish? Uh, yes. In the 90s. I don't know exactly when. Okay, okay. Hmm. Interesting. So how did it jump from 4 million to... 1.5 i'm sorry not jump but yeah how did they oh, take away yeah, two and a half million deaths and they never changed the the big number the one you're not allowed to question the six million number did they add two and a half million to other camps no they just change shit without saying anything because they realize how preposterous it is so logistically in those six years 1940 1941 42 43 44 45 Let's just say you have a full six years running Auschwitz and you have, you're just killing people 24 7. Do you know how many people you'd have to kill every hour on the hour for six straight years in order to achieve this? Uh, how no, many? I've, I've been done the 76. Not... 76.1. So every 10th hour you do a lucky 77. But the. So you have to kill a little over 76 people an hour, every hour on the hour for six straight years. Do you know the logistics of that? Do you know how fucking impossible that is? Like, um, it, it didn't happen, guys. They, they didn't do that. <laughs> they, they had maternity wards in there. If you're killing 76 people an hour, why are you letting anyone deliver a baby? Oh yeah, I want to I want to comment on that too. Um, because if these if there are such horrible conditions in there and people are so malnourished and overworked or whatnot, like there, I would assume all the women would be amenorrheic and like not have their periods and not like be fertile effectively you know, under those that sort of uh, under those sort of sorts of circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. They, Josh, what they were doing was they were feeding and letting them have babies. Uh, you know, people needed desk lamps. So they needed desk lampshades. So yeah, like like top top athletes and like uh, women bodybuilder physique people like be, because of the intense diets they're on, or even like some top cross country runners and whatnot are amenorrheic. They they don't have their periods for like you know some uh, period of training time or like up to a year or two. So if if those circumstances are worse than uh, these concentration camps and death camps, then there, there's uh, some I I think there's some inconsistency there. Yeah. It makes no sense. They brag about it. That's mainstream, by the way, that there's babies delivered. There one one midwife at Auschwitz that delivered three thousand babies in unfathomable conditions. <laughs> that's just one. Well, midwife. It's, it's for the children. It's a, it's a for the children thing. Uh, like they think of how horrible these this, uh, um, these circumstances were for children. Oh yeah, of course, obviously. Yeah, I feel like everything in this is a, is there is some like marketing slogan tied to this because the oh how could the uh, they the Nazis have killed seventy six people every hour for sixty years German efficiency that's a that's a thing we're all aware of right German yeah. efficiency you know the trains always run on time that's it well, to put it in perspective also for this little equation if it if it 
you need to kill 75 or 76 people every hour on the hour. Uh, it takes about three hours to cremate a body, by the way. And th this is modern time. This is how long it takes to cremate a body in the, today's standards with today's equipment, not in 1940s equipment, right? Yeah. Well, well, uh, when, when they killed people um, via the ovens, was that uh, like fully cremation, or was that just you know killing them and leaving? No, the just bodies partial, there, and then they just uh, threw the coals in in ditches, and they had the most gigantic ditch of all time because they had to put four million half burnt bodies in it. Like, who the fuck do they think is doing this work? There's no German guy sitting there that's like, oh, I guess this is just my job now. Like, <laughs> that it didn't happen that way. It's it's preposterous. Um, so here's okay. Uh, what would I? What would you say if I told you that the um, that the Holocaust uh, amount of deaths were accurately depicted as early as 1900? What? what Wait, that's what before mean? the Holocaust. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, do you think maybe what if they were pre-programming a 6 million number and then they just kept going with it because it was already in your head? Would that was at least like raise an alarm that maybe if profit? Let's just say if, if the New York Times on like 30 different occasions uh said the 6 million number before World War II even happened, do you think that might raise a couple red flags to you guys? Uh, it would to yeah. me because that's how that's how I would do a marketing <laughs> campaign on this. But uh, right. go, go on, explain explain the situation. June eleventh, nineteen hundred. Rabbi Weiss's address. There are six million living, bleeding, suffering arguments in favor of Zionism. Uh oh, that was June eleventh, nineteen hundred. Uh, May sixteenth, nineteen o three. We say it is steeped to the eyes in the guilt of this Holocaust. Oh, the shit! They were branding this in nineteen o three, guys. Oh, this Wait, is so what, weird. What is he even referring to there? We what charge the... the Russian government with the responsibility for the Kishinev massacre. Oh, okay. So apparently, the Kishinev massacre that that one didn't catch on. They had to get a little. They had to get guys with cool like Rebel Starship Trooper uniforms and like a guy with a mustache <laughs> that you know a lot of people don't wear, so they could really brand it. Now, now I'm just imagining Darth Vader with like a silly little mustache underneath his helmet. Is he any different? Was every bad empire is modeled off of the Nazi like look? Every oh yeah, yeah. One no, in... that, that's 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 the next step. Is uh, once you have this whole brand in place, you can just uh, use it template to template and like say, oh, if you want to, to depict in two words why someone is evil or that someone is a bad guy, you don't have to show them doing bad things. Just say, oh, this person's a Nazi or this uh, the story takes place in Nazi times. And, like it's it's the, the very successful, um, you know brand or template of what they're doing so yeah 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 go on so uh here's one on september 16th 1903 the macedonian massacres i am a jew and i think that i speak on behalf of all those of the same faith when i say i shudder at the atrocities being perpetrated in macedonia what a picture that will be for posterity to look upon to behold the carnage that is today being enacted by the ferocious brutal pitless turk the miseries of those thousands of Christians daily slaughtered. What a scene of pillage. What a holocaust. And we standing here idle. Wait, Christian <laughs> slaughtered? Yes, but they so, I mean, so it's, it's still okay. holocaust as the brand. Yeah, yeah, it's holocaust. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's the thing is the, the after a while, somehow the holocaust took away the common noun holocaust. 
because clearly in 1900, it was still used in a more uh, general term, like pretty regularly in more general terms. Yeah. Now, here's a guy that's mad about uh, Russia. Uh, what would happen if they over, you know, Russia's started becoming great? Um, like they overthrow the oligarchs and, and then everyone's happy. A happy and free <laughs> Russia with its six million Jews would possibly mean the end of Zionism. Since the ab- abolition of the autocracy would practically eliminate the cause that brought Zionism into existence. We wouldn't want that, maybe. I guess we've got to spend the next 40 years planning a new atrocity, so we need Zionism to happen, so we can maybe have a global powerhouse create a country out in the Middle East for us? I don't know. Maybe. Something like that. Uh, the, con- <laughs> the Russian massacre. Oh, yeah, there's a Russian massacre a year later. Don't worry, guys. Uh, reports of the conditions and future of Russia's 6 million Jews were made on March 12th in Berge, the annual meeting of the Central Jewish Relief League of Germany. This one gets smaller and smaller as I read it, but they, they use that magic 6 million number again. December 2nd, 1914. Upon the Jewish people, more than 9 million of whom live in the countries at war, and over 6 million of these in the actual war uh, none in Poland, Galicia, it says 6 million again. 6 million souls will need help to resume normal life when war is ended. 6 million souls are half the Jewish population of the earth. Uh, sad plight of Jews was, tells the sad plight of Jews was the name of the headline. Um, uh, okay, so, and, so and when was that? 1919. Oh, okay. So they there was a Holocaust in World War I, though. They used it in 1933. Uh, they use Holocaust in 1933. This is just the New York Times. This is in other <laughs> publications too. Now, so, okay, you're you're saying that the New York Times, one of the most influential and objectively factual uh, yeah. reporting agencies in the world, it has Independent reported reporting agency. Uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. They have no ties to. Okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. So they were so good at reporting that they were reporting in from the past about the future. That's how good of reporting they were. They actually knew there was going to be 6 million and used that number over and over and over and over again and used the branding Holocaust over and over and over again because there's a little thing called predictive programming where once it's been brought into your reality enough, even if it's subconsciously, then you can see it happening in real time and you can believe it easier. So, so, do you know when the six million number was introduced for the Holocaust? Because what I was seeing, very cursory look, was that um, post-war, pretty quickly, the estimates were four to five and a half million um, Jew- Jews were killed during the Holocaust, and then it wasn't really till 1990-ish that that six million number was solidified. Um, do you know if it was introduced earlier or popularized earlier? And because 1990 from 1919 seems like a big gap where uh, there's enough of a cultural difference or any you know, predictive programming from then I don't know necessarily would apply anymore. What do you mean? In, from 1900 to 1930, 1919 to 1990. No, no, no. But I'm saying the, the uh, post-war numbers I was reading for, for estimates were like four to five million. So like the six million number wasn't until some point afterwards. So do you know how quickly the six million number was introduced? Uh, right here in 1945, uh, estimated today that 500,000 of Europe's 6 million Jews had escaped destruction by emigration and only 1 million to 1.5 million of Europe's 6 million Jews were now left on the continent. So 
right there they say four million. Um, yeah, that that misses the whole six million yeah. number. I, I think that's kind of like specific in uh, in the New York Times reporting. Oh, here, nineteen forty five, January eighth, nineteen forty five, six million Jews dead. Jacob oh, okay, Les- cool. Lechstinsky, Lechstinsky, Jesus estimates reduction the in Europe since nineteen thirty nine. So from 39 to 40, he says that it's uh, that 6 million died. Uh, so within months of the war ending, they, they, yeah. had, they had the 6 million number being reported. Okay, cool. I just wanted to uh, clarify that. I don't think it had ended yet. Oh, not even? Oh. January 8th, 1945. I don't think it's over yet. Isn't it? Well, would they have you know freed any of the concentration camps by that point? Or I'd... I don't know. I don't even think so. Actually, actually that is a great question. Because, yeah, they haven't even liberated. <laughs> How are they getting the number on January 8th? When, oh, my God. When was Auschwitz liberated? We have to find this out. Siri, tell me. When was Auschwitz liberated? January 27th. <laughs> Wait, sorry. What was the date you said uh, that, that 19 was days before it, they said it was 6 million. Before they even got to Auschwitz. So, so it sounds like they had a big like log at Auschwitz uh, that, that has since gone missing, of course. That had like you know the six million death certificates sitting there. Guys, Aaron, Aaron, on. I'm a, I'm officially skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Josh, true? that was such a good, good observation. Dude. So, uh, 19 days before they got to Auschwitz, before the Allies even got there. And they weren't doing live streams, by the way, uh, from Auschwitz. So they didn't have eyes on oh, Auschwitz they, they had, then. Because they had better internet uh, moderation back then. They, they yeah. wouldn't let uh, such, such um, we were, know, horrible content be spread. They could have had something because we were surprisingly close to where we live streamed from the moon. Uh, but, yeah, they probably had the info. that they, I'm sure that's what it was. It wasn't just the number they were pushing for the last uh, 45 years. Right. Okay. So we we have some we have some skepticism, some issues with the six million number, and uh, specifically how th- th- that is, um, you know, so such a touchy subject, and uh, everything surrounding that, um, from logistics to history to whatever. What what if are you fine if there's say like you know four million, two million? What what do you th- do you think it's just the number, or what else in the, the situation of the Holocaust do you think is? Uh, uh, under question. Well, the the Red Cross reported all the all of the deaths in all the different concentration camps um, in the seventies. You want to know what they thought the number was? Uh, go on. The nineteen seven. So, what what were their what were they getting this data from? Because I think the Red Cross would be a more boots on the ground sort of report. Uh, they they estimated about two hundred eighty thousand people died concentration camps mostly from typhus and malnutri- malnutrition uh and then they got typhus because of the malnutrition and uh died and starvation and stuff like that and mostly towards the end of the war because like i said uh logistically you can't feed your concentration camps when you're losing a two-front war yeah it's so, so they're just discounting you know mass genocide or targeted uh ovens and gassing of people yeah, let's imagine that America's losing the war, and we have Russia fucking us from the east, and they're they're just crushing New York and the coast, and Japan is attacking us from the west, and they're pushing inland, 
And we have all these concentration camps, and then uh, they all starve out in the middle of the country because we haven't lost yet, but we're getting destroyed, and we can't, we don't have any of our supply lines anymore. Um, it wasn't because we were trying to eradicate an entire race of people. Uh, it would just be logistically impossible to feed them anymore. And too much of a risk to let them free. Possibly. Right? You can't just I let mean, them go. Who knows? In some of the places, they might have let them free. Like, guys, go. Every man for themselves, we can't. We don't have any more food left. We have no idea. But, um, you know, I'm sure some of the places they were hopeful that they could turn it around or whatever. But, you know, who knows what info those camps were getting at the time. They're just like, shit, the food's not coming anymore. What's going on? Um, but that's what happened. They didn't... It, the Holocaust, as it's presented, is a fairy tale. It's a... They... Again, in Disney terms... Uh, they were using a situation to come up with their own Voldemort in order to push for Zionism and to get their own state in the Middle East and get a shit ton of money out of the ordeal. Well, they okay. they got they got the territory. Did they get the money at least? <laughs> oh, they got <laughs> the money. Did you see the the most recent uh, coronavirus re- relief bill? <laughs> no, why? I think they got their money. Oh, oh okay. boy! Oh boy! They're building building the third wall over there. So <laughs> get that date, that World War Z wall going. Oh goodness! Actually, don't take my word for it. There's a there's a old black guy in overalls in on Maury, and when an old black guy in overalls says some shit, I listen because he probably knows how to do <laughs> some stuff. The Holocaust is big business because uh, Germany is so far has given the Jews, I think, at least $200 billion. So it's big business. And some of you are still getting $1,000 a month. And a lot of people don't know this. And then uh, people don't realize who brought the slaves to America. They were Jewish ships. Wait, 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 a minute. That's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. Let's take a break because what the issue that we're... Oh, Montel, you fucking pussy. I know, Montel commercial. commercial break. <laughs> it just immediately goes to like the, the rainbow colored lines. Just <laughs> uh, we'll be back momentarily having broadcast issues. Uh, I can't even believe that TV used to have those conversations and didn't have just plants in the audience. Like, there's, how did that guy get through there? Like, He's just like an, uh, an everyday Joe too. Like he's wearing like Levi overalls. <laughs> yeah, he looks awesome. Like, he looks awesome. <laughs> it looks exactly is... like I want. I want to like move to Missouri, and I want that guy to be my neighbor. Yeah, <laughs> black man exposes Jewish merchants behind the slave ships on the Montel Williams show. That's great. <laughs> if if you guys want to look that up on YouTube, <laughs> look in the show notes too for uh, just yeah. click there. Oh, that uh, yeah, that one that clip makes me laugh hard every time. So, dude. what uh, did he say? Two hundred billion dollars were already given to him. Yeah, and that clip's from like what nineteen ninety eight or something. Like that's an old clip. Yeah, that, that is. A, that's when I was a kid. Uh, you so, can so tell so just you have, by his suit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go do on. you have any commentary on history of uh, World War Two? leading directly into the formation of Israel. Uh, if I remember correctly, there was some um, some Palestine conflict. The UN did something, and then we had Israel. Uh, is that close enough? <laughs> um, I mean... Palestine re- uh, didn't want to give up their land, and then there was some conflict, and then 
They give up their land. Uh, <laughs> Is that right? The United States sure. got them. They recognized the new nation on May 14th, 1948. It was pretty quick. And they had been talking about the need for Zionism and the need of their own nation state uh, since fucking forever. Um, and they've been really pushing the six million. This this Holocaust is going to happen any day now narrative since at least 1900. And I'm sure earlier. That's just from one newspaper. Oh, I mean, like the, the idea of um, it, it's it's if you look at the Bible, that's the whole point of a lot of it is that they're, they're this chosen people who have been expelled from the their holy land and it's um they, they need to go back and reform their nation state that's uh that's the whole history of the jewish people not just 1900 and not well, hasn't yeah. just been a, a prerogative since then and honestly never waste a good crisis and if there isn't one just create one like they people have learned that one the government uses that all the time so just <laughs> the fact that this is like so unfathomable is like ridiculous it's obvious it didn't happen the way they said there's no proof of it happening the way they said other than people just repeating it and not allowing you to question it that's the only thing that creates this intact that keeps this whole story intact so what's your commentary on uh say holocaust survivors and their their commentary of the, the conditions within the camps and everything that they have to uh say half of them get called out for being liars and get proven uh to be completely lying about it uh, on any specific points or like a you know, there was situations. some guy that wrote this like this stupid love story about like how he met his wife in an internment camp and they survived and but and then it finds out like the whole thing is completely complete bullshit and he got sued because his book was supposed to be like a nonfiction and I, I don't have specifics up here now but there's stories like that that happen all the time shit the most famous one Anne Frank Anne Frank wasn't real like she was real she was a real person but she didn't write that diary. Go on. Okay, so her her and her family were hiding out from the Nazis. They get captured towards the end of the war, get taken to one of the internment camps. Um, and she ends up, her and her sister, and I think the mom all end up dying of typhus. And the only survivor is the dad. And um, mm-hmm. the dad finds her diary, you know, after he goes back home after the war, he finds her diary where they were hiding. And decides that he needs to publish it. The problem is, uh, the writing is ridiculously good. Especially for a 13 to 15 year old, with the years she was writing it. And she makes like dirty jokes throughout it. I have some of the quotes from that. It's, uh... (laughs) Oh, and she just has what, I mean, what poetic justice she has for some of her lines. Like... I want to go on living even after my death, explanation point. Like, she has things like that. It's almost like somebody knew that that would go on living after her death and wrote that in for her afterwards. Or, uh, you know, she has these, like, deep philosophical things where she's talking about how, what it conflicted... Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Oh, sorry. What was that line? I want to go on living even after my death. Was that the line, did you say? Yeah. Uh, remind me, what is the, uh, the whole uh, Jewish belief in the afterlife? If I remember correctly, they don't have a central belief in It's like, not that, though. It's because she did go on living after her death with how famous her diary got. Yeah, I think that's what they were alluding to. Oh, becoming okay, famous and yeah. making, making the diary on, like a part of history and everything like that. Uh, and then she's, you know, she has like 
lines where she's talking about what a conflicted person she is and how she's so like she's almost two people in once and she says as i've told you many times i'm split in two one side contains my exuberant cheerfulness my flippancy my joy in life above all my ability to appreciate the lighter side of things it's like you know real hopeful messaging in there uh despite her tragic end how old was she when she wrote that between 13 and 15 Okay, so we have, like, another Helen Keller situation that's just like, wow, this very <laughs> insightful, fucking retarded child is all of a sudden, like, a poet. <laughs> also, she had a bunch of uh, a bunch of sex jokes in there, just randomly. Um, she's and not only, puberty, like, I don't know. Not only are they, se- no, I know, but this is the point with the sex jokes. They're not like, they're not like a normal 13 to 15 year old sex jokes. I mean, she might be the, she was going to be the greatest writer of all time, obviously. She was the next Ernest Hemingway, but she died of typhus. Um, I mean, of lampshade-induced sewing. Um, (laughs) So, uh, here's a joke they actually would believe that a 13-year-old would write, that would have heard and wrote. But a lot of these jokes are, most of them, even this one in in a way, uh, are all like dad boomer jokes. I'm not kidding. Do you know why the German girls of the armed forces are in the Netherlands? As a mattress for the soldiers. That's just <laughs> a boomer dad joke. But that one I could see her writing. Here's ones that are not even good jokes. And we'll, we'll definitely see about was not written by a 13-year-old. A man and a woman had a relationship. And after a few months, the woman's belly was getting disturbingly big. Then the man called the doctor who said... It's just air, Mrs. Just air. The man replied, I am not pumping air, am I? Is this like a book what? of. A, that, a yeah, that's, that's a joke jokes? from a 13 year old. She was really working on her stand up routine up there. So, so she, wrote, she wrote this in her diary, right? Mm-hmm. In what context would she write that in her diary? <laughs> About she, being oh, prosecuted and she had a from the Nazis. Page. Oh, and I'm even kidding. A hidden. There was a page on brown paper that was like and she said this is soiled paper so i'll write dirty jokes here not even kidding that's like what she wrote and then she wrote in quotes and um and she wrote these dirty jokes on the thing and the there's two more and they're equally as shitty i just felt like we weren't gonna read four shitty jokes on here um (laughs) (laughs) then there was a court case that was really interesting it was uh meyer levin Versus Otto Frank, Otto Frank being the father of Anne Frank, yes. um, who published the had the book published, and uh, Meyer Levin was awarded fifty thousand dollars in court for his intellectual work on the diary, uh, and he was a a well known writer at the time who apparently uh, the judge believed helped write this diary to the point where he was awarded fifty thousand dollars for his help in writing it. It's at least a big touch up. The whole thing is, it's an exploitation to put a face to the tragedy. No, that was someone else, or some actual writer. It sounds like the father hired or something. Is that the yes, situation? the father hired a writer, then jewed uh, him out of the money. Fucking surprise, surprise. And then had to go to court over it to get his <laughs> claims back from it because they had to pretend that a 13-year-old girl wrote the thing the whole time. It, it's can- nonsense. <laughs> So so, what's what's the, uh, the the likelihood that say there was a diary of Anne Frank and it was uh, 
you know, revised posthumously, like like say like a, a Dune sort of thing or a D- Tolkien sort of thing, where you take uh, some posthumous transcripts and notes and you put that together into a a book sort of thing and uh, into a book, and it was just uh, advertised as being you know the diary of Anne, Fra- Anne Frank and kind of got lost over time that it wasn't the uh, word for word transcribed diary. What, what's the there's likelihood that, that that's possi- the situation? Well, there's three possibilities in my estimation. There's possibility one, which you're not allowed to question, which is. Anne Frank was just the greatest writer of all time, and she would have probably gone on to write about a Shakespearean amount of literature. And uh, she was just a you know ahead of her time. Um, that's one. Uh, and very that's one eloquent for a thirteen. Which is the one I'm saying is bullshit. By the way, there is a second. Look, possibility. It could be the translator. A second possibility is that her dad um, found her diary and then went, "Oh, I can really make a lot of money off of this." Oh. And, you know, vigorously rubbed his hands together. And then he hired this guy, Mayor Levin, to really touch it up to the point where it wasn't even her writing anymore. uh, Which is uh, the big claim on a lot of the people that say this book is bullshit. Is that the writing style kind of changes halfway through. Which is why I think... um, That's why I think that uh, there probably was a diary. It was probably dog shit like every other 13-year-old girl's diary. They found a giant money-making scheme and Zionism-pushing scheme to put a face to the tragedy and had a well-renowned writer write the whole thing over while keeping probably some of her like things she was writing about and then publishing that and being like, wow, this girl was brilliant. You know, oh. well, it, it sounded like he just wanted to tell his daughter's story and it was a, a sort of an advocacy, a historical sort of thing. But when he, he submitted it to a publisher like to get the word out there, yeah, it's a 13-year-old's diary. Of course, it's going to be complete shit. So then, you know, he got it touched up, resubmitted it to a publisher, something, something. And uh, then all that money he made, of which $50,000 was probably a small portion, um, uh, went yeah, immediately to uh, like Jewish that. organizations and charity to a better document, that $6 million number, which, uh, of course, the, the best documented genocide in human history. Um, that's where the money came from, right? It's right. the highest-selling diary of all time. We can put, you know, put it that way. Uh, and then... The third option, though, is that uh, Anne Frank didn't write any of that shit, and Mayor Levin wrote the whole book. That, both of those are, I think, way closer to reality than Anne Frank wrote The Greatest Diary of All Time, and it just happens to be at a giant emotional pull to make you believe in this hoax event that they've been trying to push since the, you know, forever in order to create their own nation state. It's advertising. It's literally just another piece of propaganda advertising to pull you in to being emotionally invested in a storyline so that they can so that a group of people can get what they want that's all Anne Frank's diary is so have either of you read Anne Frank's diary yes I had to read that stupid shit for school no I I never actually had to read it for school it's been 20 years I've not read read it either so yeah. I'm, I'm going to trust Aaron's 20-year-old memory on uh, some of this, uh, or the, the rest of the book outside <laughs> of these, these little quotes. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. this particular topic on Anne Frank is a little beyond my wheelhouse, just because I never did care enough to read the book. I think, well, yeah, I, I I think just, it was a required I, I reading, but I, I cheated like... my way. I think I cheated my way through that book project, or that book report. <laughs> As a kid. I love cheating my way through book reports growing up. That was the best. <laughs> So. I did a whole book on, I had to do this whole giant, like, 30-page paper on Woodrow Wilson for AP History, because everybody had to pull a president out of a hat, and you okay. had to you had to uh, reference, like, four different 
biography. You had to read like three or four biographies on the guy, whoever you pulled. And uh, I didn't read any of them. And I just put random quotes I got off the internet as quotes from the books he assigned me. I got, I knew he'd never read it, and I got a ninety-eight on the thing. And I'm like, and then after I go after I passed the class and everything, I was like, dude, I didn't I didn't quote any of those, but I never read a single page of the, any of those books. I just quoted random clips from the internet and then said it was from this book and you just believe me because there's no way you're double checking me on that this is this sounds like a gross failure in the education system and uh also aaron uh being white that he was given special privileges to uh, turn in a, a uh, less than great report and receive a more than great grade for it is, is that what i'm hearing right now all, I did learn something though Woodrow Wilson apparently was like married to his cousin or like was in love with another cousin he was a creepy gross dude you learned something apparently what? he was like that's <laughs> yeah, uh, the extent of how you learned it <laughs> oh god oh, okay let's let's get back so so uh there there are some uh you know aspects of the diary of Anne Frank to be brought into question um other than uh say the the settlement with the writer or the, the uh, lawsuit with the writer was there um are, are there any other more concrete uh pieces of evidence to point to that the diary may be uh less than fully authentic other than a well-known author successfully suing for his involvement in the book yeah no no that's all i got i know it's real light <laughs> yeah and also uh, it, it's kind of hard to give evidence to suggest that it was her diary, 100% her diary in the first place, too, because it's like... It's really hard to say that, no, I wrote it, and then a judge yeah. go, yeah, shit, you did write it. But That's but also, also it's difficult. like, we have a dead kid in a diary, and the dad is giving it to us to, like, you know, look over kind of thing. It's like, okay, well, th there was no, um, uh, there, there was no, like, solid process of like trying to figure out who had penned everything in, in that notebook, you know what I mean? Or in that diary. So I don't know. Like it seems to me that there's more evidence to suggest that it, it was sort of hers, but was edited and filled in by other people. Right. There's no evidence. To yeah. Suggest that at all. There's, there's no way to determine all you, all we actually know is that mayor Levin was awarded money in court for his involvement in writing the book. That's it. That's all we know. She, we don't know if she wrote part of it or none of it. All we know is that she didn't write all of it. That's all we know. Hmm. Okay. Okay, yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I'm on the, what Bob was just describing, side where it, it sounds like there was a, a lot of uh, editorial liberty taken with, uh, with publishing it from, uh, and that there was an original document. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not even co that concerned with that part of it. My big thing is uh, guys, can you all not spot the scam? Obviously, there's a scam here that's being perpetrated, and all I'm pointing out is the scam that's also involved in it, and maybe not take it as gospel and assume that this girl was the greatest writer of all time. Well, that's, well, that's you all. can't take something Jewish as gospel, Aaron. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's, it's part of the it's part of the whole argument or narrative that if if you uh, call into question or um, try to discredit or uh, you know anything related to the Holocaust, then it's uh, lessening or diminishing the reality of the genocide and the, the horror that was uh, the atrocity committed against the Jewish people. So that, that's that's generally how I hear it framed that um, the, the consequence or the why even if the, there is a bunch of evidence, you shouldn't call any of this into question. Like if there's a bunch of evidence of election fraud, you if you call that the election into question. Then you're, uh, you know, 
ruining democracy, you're destroying democracy as we know it. It's uh, it seems like a similar narrative in um, that's yeah. repeated it's constantly throughout narrative. the you know news media. Yeah, it'd be a real shame if everyone just happened to act accurately know their own reality. That'd be terrible. Oh my god, what would we do? But but I, I want to say, uh, despite this um, extremely elaborate marketing scheme uh, over the course of the last hundred or so years, it doesn't seem to be uh, you know a- as blanket effective as one might think. Uh, let me read this a little bit from um, what is this uh, usnews.com. Um, I forget what the everyone has the same numbers because the same poll. I think it was want to say it was twenty eighteen, but. Um, 41% of millennials and nearly one-third of Americans believe that two million or fewer Jews died, uh, were killed in the Holocaust. Um, the actual number is about six million, etc. Uh, meanwhile, um, 45% of Americans could not name a single concentration camp. And um, then uh, 66% of millennials couldn't identify what Auschwitz was. So it, it sounds like there's a, you know, a bit of a mixed success with... Um, with this you know the whole narrative of the holocaust and uh, it's still having clear impact where the the message actually getting out today is uh what's your commentary on that i have a few ideas myself but what what, what do you think about that well we gotta send those kids back to the re-education camp we gotta open them shits up right now coronavirus is killing the holocaust too we need to deprogram these children and reprogram them immediately Uh, that's what needs to happen (laughs) Coronavirus didn't just kill the flu, did it also kill the Holocaust? (laughs) (laughs) Zoomers don't believe in the Holocaust. (laughs) Tune in at nine. (laughs) TikTok's role in anti-Semitism and Holocaust denial. (laughs) I think the Zoomers might be the saviors of us all at this point. Like, they're not buying the Helen Keller bit. They're not buying the Holocaust bit. (laughs) Like, they're they're great. They have a pretty good score. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I I want to I want to comment as well that despite all of that, uh, despite you know people being ignorant of a lot of the details of the Holocaust, or uh, in some cases not knowing, uh, what was it? There was there was some percent that like uh, didn't know what it was. Um, oh, that's it. More, more than one fifth. Uh, CBS News. More than one fifth of millennials in the U.S. twenty two percent haven't heard of or aren't sure if they've heard of the Holocaust. Um, so heard of? They had to be fucking with him. Like I don't think I've heard of that. It's a it's a man on the street thing. Let's say uh one fifth probably translate to realistically like um ten percent or five percent instead. Uh, but you know some some non insignificant number of millennials apparently have not heard of or don't know what is the Holocaust. But then uh what do they think when they you know, hear people talk about Hitler. What what do they think like that he did so horrible or this is so horrible about Hitler if they don't know what the Holocaust is? That that's what I want. Yeah. Wondering. They all know who Hitler is. They definitely know what the Holocaust is. They're fucking with the people doing these I, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, what no, what's the Holocaust? Describe it to me. That's... <laughs> no, not ringing any bells. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> See, I'm just thinking of uh the the old Love Line clip from like back in like the mid nineties. Or like the late nineties where like a stripper called in and he, he was like spitballing with the stripper on how to like do uh, sex hotlines. And he brought up the Holocaust and she had no idea, literally no idea what the Holocaust was whatsoever. She's like, she couldn't even say it correctly. 
when he asked her to say it like on air and i was like i i can kind of believe like one fifth like yeah probably about 20 percent of people are just like they don't give uh, a shit millennials yeah yeah was the the stat at least I, I feel like also this this fits into the shitting on millennials uh, narrative, uh, but that's good. We need to be shit topic. on. We're a bunch of fucking degenerates. I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> are a terrible generation. Yeah, but yeah, oh, I, I could see. So that. as we wrap I, I up, do you guys ahead. want to hear? Do you guys want to see slash hear for the audience out there the new Mountain Bear clip on Spielberg talking to Pol Pot about genocide? <laughs> That of that course. sounds amazing. That sounds relevant. <laughs> there you go, Bob. <laughs> Pop it up. Yeah, yeah, guys, check this one out in the <laughs> link of the show notes. Uh, it's so good. Clip. All right, I'll I'll cue it up at the end of the show here. So, uh, Aaron, he clearly had already done his research and had his mind made up regarding the um the, the veracity yes. of all of these Holocaust claims and uh, Holocaust. Uh, you know, survivors, d- deniers, and dyers. Um, Bob, have it sounds like your opinions changed a little bit throughout quick, quick this discussion. Uh, It'll yes. be a good, a good thing. To, gun to your head, like God's putting a gun to your head, and He says six million died, more or less, and you have to get it right, or He shoots you. What do you say, less or more? Less. <laughs> yeah, the price is right, but less. I think. Victory. The, I think the New York you guys Times, are Holocaust deniers. Congratulations. Think, no. I think the, the New York Times clips with like a bunch of the, the Holocaust and the six million references before 1945, or like the before they found Auschwitz was very telling. Like, Dude, that, that was my favorite one. The January 8th saying six million Jews died and then not even liberating Auschwitz for like 19 more days. It was like three weeks before they even liberated Auschwitz. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my curiosity right now uh, is whether more money has been made off of, um, let's just say, the, the Holocaust memorabilia, memorabilia his, history, the industry, let's say the industry, industry of the Holocaust, um, or uh, dinosaur Lego sets. Ooh. <laughs> Pretty oh, good. man. I mean, yeah. Spielberg did that, both. That's what I'm I'm, Jurassic Park oh, and. God. Spielberg is smart. Uh, Spielberg's my hero. He's the smartest businessman in all time. Oh, dude, he's, <laughs> the, he's, he's my the, new hero. Uh, yeah, he's the Michael Jordan of doing fake history movies. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> the, the Michael Jordan of propaganda, of Jewish propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, Bob, you should play that now. That's how we should end this. Oh, guys, leave a voicemail at 1-833-666-0911. I would love to hear what you guys... Like, any conspiracies... Like, actually... Any conspiracies we haven't covered that you want us to cover, just like leave that. Te- if one of us sounds like a retard and you want to tell us we're a retard, go for it. Or all of like, us. That's what it's for. Yeah. I <laughs> doubt it'll be all of us. There's, there's no yeah, possible sure way. Yeah, I know yeah. who this will be directed at mostly. But. <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, Pol Pot, here we come. What's about my Holocaust? I kill millions of Tlanti. I put bullet in back of people's head. Dude. You call that branding? No, no. I kill millions of people. Pull pot, you suck at genocide. No, I kill way more people. It's not about how many you kill. It's about how you sell it. Listen, buddy. No one cares about the sick <laughs> shit you did in the jungle. You know? No, I kill millions of people. That's not, that doesn't sell it, baby. Come on. 
That doesn't sell it. That's not even that scary. Everyone's like, oh, line up and shoot everybody. Oh, big fucking deal. Well, no, we, where's the pile of shoes? I did pull bullet and back up <laughs> head and put in ditch. You're not getting it, Pol Pot. You're not getting it. You want to make an industry around your genocide to last for centuries? You need piles of shoes. You need soap. How fucked up is it to make soap out of people? That people really do that? No, fuck no, they didn't do that. That makes no sense. Why would you clean yourself with people you find disgusting? I know. How, why would they do that while they're fighting a two-front war? They didn't. That really make no logical sense. But it doesn't matter. It's about emotion. It's about selling it. Now you bring in a movie where you have, there's, it's black and white except for a little girl in a red dress. Oh, you're remembering that shit now. And then they put you into a, a gas chamber with wooden doors where you claw at it. And for some reason, the claw marks are in cement. Come on. Come on. This is how we brand it. Well, I kill more people with my gun. Baby, you got to sell the fear. You got to sell the horror. You got to sell it subtly with a pile of shoes. <laughs> I, I don't like you people. You people are very sick. What if people see through it and start talking about it? You make it illegal. You put them in jail for hate. So logically, if someone does the math and realizes it's not possible, that's called hate. That don't make no sense. Pull pot, you're not getting it. Genocide isn't about killing people. It's about brand awareness. Brand awareness. Do you have Killing Fields Incorporated? Fuck no. We just use the field to kill people. You're not getting it. You have to use corporate <laughs> documents, liability shields, and then make that money, baby. Come on, Pol Pot. No way anyone that's stupid. You feed them pornography and KFC, they're that stupid. You people are very weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fucking good. All right, on yeah. that note. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Everyone, everyone have a great episode 33. Our final episode. No! Yeah. <laughs>